Hey there, and welcome to your pocket sailing instructor. I'm Penny Caldwell, and I have been a sailing coach for over 25 years now. I'm here to help you reach your sailing goals, whether you're looking for gear reviews, safety tips, or just some fun sailing stories. This podcast will have it all. Your Pocket Sailing Instructor is an educational and fun podcast about all things sailing. I plan on releasing weekly episodes every Thursday to help you end off your week on a high note. So grab your coffee and join me for your weekly dose of all things sailing. Welcome to another episode of Your Pocket Sailing Instructor. I'm Penny. I'm glad to have you join me today while we continue our journey talking about chartering uh, and having a look at uh, how to set up your own charter or, um, yeah, just how to go about planning some sailing adventures. Very exciting stuff. So uh, last week we kind of covered step one, which is trying to figure out um, what the goal is of your charter. Are you looking for some solitude? Are you looking for some really fun sailing adventures? Are you looking to go play tourist somewhere and to just use the boat as basically your accommodation? Uh, So depending on what your goals are with your charter, uh, that will help to determine Uh, what type of charter that you try to book. So today we're going to start talking about that, the different types of charters that are available, what kind of amenities or um, even people (laughs) that come with a charter, depending on on what you're looking for. Uh, And we're also going to talk about how to start collecting quotes and uh, what to do with some of those quotes and and all that jazz. So so yeah, so as usual, please do uh, share this podcast with all your fellow sailors so that that they can also hopefully learn from it. Also, if you are planning any kind of chartering destinations or fun trips, let me know. I'm always curious to hear where other people are adventuring and how it's going and and all that fun stuff. So anyways, we will jump into this episode now and we're going to start off by talking about uh, different types of charters. So you may have heard some terms before. You may have heard of a bare boat charter. Um, or you may have heard of a skippered charter. Uh, so basically what those mean, a bare boat charter means that you or somebody else on the boat has enough knowledge, skills, certification, experience to handle the vessel themselves. So they will act as the skipper or the captain, however you want to put it. Uh, they are basically in charge of the vessel. The buck stops with them. Um, and so when you sign up or when you decide that you want to go and do a charter, and you want to do a bare boat charter, um, somebody on your boat needs to have the experience to be able to handle the entire boat uh, safely. So the other option is you can do a skippered charter, which basically means that not only do you uh, hire out or rent out the boat, but you are also renting out a skipper. So obviously those are much more expensive, but then you have a true sailing vacation where you really don't have to worry about um well, you shouldn't have to worry about anything really. Um, you're there to help out, obviously, uh, unless you also request crew to come with the charter, which is also an option sometimes. Um, but basically, your skipper will be responsible for setting up the itinerary, making sure that any 
bookings that need to be made ahead of time at marinas have already been done. They should be making sure um, that all of the trip planning is in place, um, refueling, weather checking, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they're basically responsible for the day-to-day -day running of the vessel. And then uh, from there, you would decide with your skipper uh, how provisioning would work, uh, any boat duties on the boat. Again, if you are hiring a crew as well, they will most likely take care of all of that stuff. But if you're just hiring a skipper and you're going to be the crew, uh, you'll have to decide what types of responsibilities will fall onto you and the other people on the boat. So that could be... Um, you know, helping to pick up the mooring line when you are heading into a marina or if you're going to stay out on a mooring ball for an evening. Uh, it could be operating the windlass if you're anchoring. It could be uh, preparing meals and setting up a meal plan. Um, so there's a, there's a few different options there as far as where the responsibilities will be. As far as a bare boat charter, like I mentioned, someone on the boat will have the experience, the certification, the ability to uh, handle whatever size vessel that you have chartered. Um, and as a group, you guys are deciding where you're going, what you're doing, um, and who is responsible for what. So the way that I like to run my charters, for instance, um, when I was in Croatia, we did a bare boat charter. Um, I was the skipper for our boat. We had um, a flotilla going with eight, eight very capable skippers. It was a big flotilla. It was really fun. Um, and basically, uh, as a group, the skippers, um, we had already figured out the itinerary. And actually, it's Marla, who, um, the amazing Marla, who sets these flotillas up. And she had been to Croatia many, many times. And if you've listened to those episodes, you've already heard this. But um, so she already had an idea of an itinerary that she wanted to follow. So that was great for me as a first time skipper out in Croatia. I didn't really have to think too hard about where we were going, when we were going, and, uh, you know, marinas. She had all that information already uh, supplied. Uh, now, for going to an area where you're not familiar or a new place, a lot of uh, charter companies, like I mentioned in the last episode, will have itineraries built out that you can use as a jumping off point. You either can follow the itinerary uh, exactly how they've written it or, you know, make amendments and changes as you go. So just like I've mentioned throughout a lot of my episodes, and especially the trip planning episode, um, you know, make sure that you have a backup plan for your backup plan. So if you cannot make it to Marina A, make sure you have Marina B and C available or Anchorage D and E, and so that you are available and ready for whatever might come your way, depending on what kind of mood Mother Nature's in. So um, again, back to the bare boat charter for the way that I like to run things. I set up a schedule for the crew and each person has a responsibility for the day. Uh, so this includes making sure that the head is cleaned every morning and every evening, uh, making sure that the galley is clean every morning and every evening. And then we also divvy up the meals. Breakfast tends to kind of be a free-for-all, feed-yourself kind of thing. Uh, lunch, a lot of times whoever is on lunch will actually prepare that in the morning, especially if we're going to be underway 
uh, during lunchtime. It's not particularly fun if it's hot and the boat is really moving around and you're down below trying to put together lunches. So I usually uh, recommend and encourage whoever's on lunch to uh, put together something simple that can be done in the morning and then put in the fridge and then we pull it out while we're underway so you're not having to cook while we're moving around. Um, And then dinner usually happens um, at anchor or at the marina. And again, depending on where we are and what kind of activities we're participating in, sometimes we will go ashore and we'll eat at a restaurant. Or if we're eating on the boat, I try to make it fair so that each person is responsible for cooking one meal uh, on board. Um, And that just kind of keeps it all uh, simple and fair for everyone on the boat. So that's how I like to run my particular charters. And um, again, as generally I'm assigned as the skipper and I'm on my own. I don't have, you know, crew that are with me and I don't have people who are solely there for vacation purposes. Most of the people who come with me, they're there because they want to do a bit of uh, mileage building. They want to get some more sailing under their belt or learn how to do some of the things on the boat. And they're generally um, looking forward to participating. So that's something to think about if you're putting together your own boat. What are your expectations of the crew and what are their expectations? of you. Um, You know, are you bringing along an aunt who is planning on just having a vacation because she hasn't had time off in a long time and she really just wants to sit back and relax? Um, Or do you have an uncle who is super keen to fiddle with things and wants to really learn how the diesel motor works? I don't know. So you can really have a whole mix of uh, ability and a whole mix of Um, I guess, expectations and what people are hoping to achieve uh, during their charter. So it is important to have some of those conversations. I know that I've mentioned in a couple of my previous episodes, but one of the things that I always kind of look for and and fall back on uh, are people's personalities. Really do, at the end of the day, do I think that this person is going to be a good personality fit for the boat? Do I think that we're going to have an enjoyable time spending, you know, seven to 15 days together in a 45 foot space, which I know sounds kind of big, but it gets really small really quickly. Um, And, you know, is this person someone who, when I ask them to cook a meal or to scrub the, the head, are they going to turn around and you know, say, forget this, I'm done. Or are they going to happily jump in and just be like, yep, this is part of the deal. This is, this is how I'm contributing to the boat. So so those are kind of your two basic options as far as a type of charter, a bare boat charter where you are responsible for the boat or a skipper charter where you hire somebody to come onto the boat as the skipper and you help out either as crew um, or there's a crew that comes on as well and you get a full vacation. Now from there, we kind of can also build into some other options. I mentioned uh, mileage building. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this term before, but uh, mileage builders are basically, um, I don't want to call them courses necessarily, but it is an ability or a um, an opportunity for people to come out on the, onto the boat who have done courses before, uh, and maybe they're looking to move up to the next course, and they just haven't really had time to practice in between, or they just haven't had access to a boat to get out and sail much. So a lot of schools will offer these mileage builder type of opportunities where you go away for a week or two, and you just get a bunch of sailing under your belt. You get used to uh, working on a larger boat. You get used to 
working with different people, different types of sales, different running rigging, all that kind of stuff. So it, it really is just a way of increasing your, your skills, really. Uh, so we call those mileage builders. You can also uh, do a charter as a course. So if you are looking to complete the next level of whatever, let's say intermediate cruising, so you want to do a liveaboard type of situation, whoever the instructor is for the course would also be kind of considered the skipper for the vessel. Um, so there are schools that offer that option as well, where you can go down south to do an instructional type of charter where you are on the boat, uh, working your way through a syllabus and learning some of the um, requirements for whatever course it is that you are trying to complete. So that's another option. And then I've also mentioned flotillas. So flotillas are generally when you have um, several boats, two or more boats that are traveling together. And the idea is that you are uh, sharing some of the responsibility, I guess you could say, uh, as far as planning and stuff like that. So you'll usually have the skippers will get together and or be in communication throughout the flotilla, just kind of, you know, spitballing, looking at the weather, for instance, you know, you might check a few different weather uh, sites, websites or apps or whatever. And then you're having a look at that and you're thinking, huh, this is how I interpret this. And then another skipper might be, well, actually, I interpret it like this. And then you kind of have a discussion about, you know, where do we think we should go today? You know, the plan was to go here, but it's looking like the wind is going to not be as we expected, and maybe we need to look at changing our plan. So the flotilla is kind of more of a group uh, sailing experience where you will have two or three boats sailing together. So like I mentioned, when we went to Croatia, we had eight boats. Uh, that was really fun, but it was also a little bit cumbersome for uh, probably for Marla <laughs> to organize, to try and have eight boats uh, have spots at the marinas and so on. So, um, you know, I can only imagine how much stress or uh, extra strain that that put on her potential on her uh, charter with us. Uh, but in the end, it, we did manage to pretty much all travel together and we all had a lot of fun and stuff. So it, it was a really neat experience also to meet that many different people from all walks of life. And yeah, so um, kind of some different options. Some other options, sometimes with a charter, there are some uh, schools that will do racing, for instance. Um, so you could end up signing up for, you know, a charter, but what you're actually doing is you are taking the boat and you're racing it in some sort of race. So that's very common as well. So, um, with all of these different types of charters, be sure to make sure that you check with the, uh, charter company to find out that the insurance coverage that you are requesting is adequate for whatever it is that you're doing on the boat. So if you're doing a skipper charter for, for instance, make sure that the skipper has the appropriate appropriate insurance. Uh, make sure that you are listed on the insurance as well so that uh, if for whatever reason you're at the helm and something goes wrong, uh, they're not going to come back and say, oh, well, you know, the skipper was covered for that damage, but actually you're not because you're not on the paperwork. So make sure that you're aware of any insurance implications, especially if you're racing. Some charter companies will not want their fleet to be involved in races and they will specifically say that no you cannot race these vessels so just make sure from a liability perspective that you have uh, looked up 
what you need to be doing or what you would like to be doing and that it is covered by the insurance for the vessel. So once you have figured out uh, where you want to go, which we talked about in last episode, and the type of charter that you're interested in uh, pursuing, now you are in a position to start collecting quotes. And I definitely suggest that you collect several different quotes. There are definitely some um, charter companies out there that are more... Uh, I would say well-known and have larger fleets. So I'm thinking like moorings, for instance. Um, They have a lot of boats and they have a lot of experience as a charter company. So you might want something like that. Or you might be interested in trying out a smaller charter company that's just starting out. So totally up to you. But I would suggest like anything else in life, try to get a bunch of different opinions, a bunch of different uh, numbers to find out uh, what you'll be looking for cost-wise. So a lot of the destinations will have a high season and a low season or shoulder season. And basically, um, if you can attempt to be close to those shoulder seasons, you will get a better price on your charter, but potentially the weather might not be as good. So you want to do your research and definitely think about what time of year that you want to be doing your charter and what some of the weather hazards are in that area during that time that you're hoping to be um, out on the boat. Because the last thing you want to do is to have, you know, something go awry while you are in foreign lands or foreign waters. Um, so, yeah, definitely make sure that you do your you do your homework. It's like any other uh, trip plan where you're going to sit down, have a look at where you'd like to go, have a look at the marinas and facilities available, have a look at the anchorages that are available, and then have a study of the weather patterns in the area. So there are some apps that where you can pull up historical data and you can have a look at traditionally in this month, this is the type of wind or the number of storms or whatever that this particular area experiences. And based on what you're seeing there, you will be able to decide and make an educated decision about whether or not this is a good area for you to go and charter. So once you have collected some quotes from your different companies, make sure that you have a think about some of the extra accessories or extra things that they can include in uh, your your quote or your boat charter. So for instance, um, a dinghy. Sometimes a dinghy is extra. So if you are going to be anchoring and you're going to want to be getting to shore, you're definitely going to want to have a dinghy. And then sometimes you will also decide if you want a dinghy with a motor, dinghy without a motor. That's sometimes also an extra charge. Um, so there will be some extra things that you can add on to your charter to make it more comfortable. So for us, we added the dinghy with the motor. We added uh, Wi-Fi. So we had Wi-Fi throughout our entire boat, throughout the entire trip, which was really handy for me for keeping in touch with the other skippers because I did not put a European phone plan on my cell phone. Uh, Instead, I just used the Wi-Fi and I was able to use WhatsApp the entire time and we were able to communicate. So that was really beneficial. Um, And I also added a comfort package to our charter, which basically just meant that we had extra towels, extra blankets. We also had um, out Oh, no, I didn't add the outdoor cushions. There is a an option to add outdoor cushions as well so that you would have cockpit cushions. I figured that was kind of a nice to have because when we were sailing, we'd have to stow them away anyway. And then when we're anchored, we're probably off doing fun stuff. So I decided not to get the cockpit, cockpit cushions. Mouthful. Um, and that ended up being fine uh, for our particular boat. So 
So once you start to get your quotes uh, for your boat, have a think about um, how the expense will be divvied up. Um, a lot of times I would suggest if you are approaching other uh, people that you do a um, per cabin fee instead of a per person fee. Because if you do a per person fee and you end up with one person in a cabin, you need to figure out filling that cabin with another person. And it's a lot easier to have that onus be on the other person than it is to take that on for yourself. So that's something I've learned over the years is that it's, you know, the cabin costs, I don't know, $2,000 for the two weeks. If you want it to yourself, great, $2,000. If you don't want it to yourself, find another person to share it with. Um, and I will also help people find someone to share it with. I'll say, oh, okay, I have two other people that are interested. And then maybe we do a Zoom meet um, online. And you know, if they're happy with what they see and they don't mind sharing the cabin with somebody else, great. Um, but that way you don't end up being out of pocket for that extra person uh, fee. And what else can I say about your quotes? Um, they will really vary. You can get a first tier um, type of boat, which is definitely tends to be a newer boat in the fleet, might be um, have a few extra accessories, but generally it's because they're newer. So they're in a bit better shape, less likely that something is broken or um as well used or well as well loved <laughs> on the boat. Um, a second tier boat will also have, you know, everything that you need for a charter, but it might be a little bit worn out a little bit, um, a little bit more wear and tear. It's probably about maybe five years or more. Um, and so it depends on, you know, what is available in the fleet, depending on how big the charter company is. And they potentially could have different levels of, boats that they have available for you. So that's something to keep in mind as well when you are taking a look at your quotes and um, how to divvy up some of the expenses. So for us, uh, when I look at a charter and I get my quotes, I will take the amount, I divide it between the number of cabins available on the boat, and then I will add sometimes maybe 5% or so just to cover off any differences in the exchange rates, uh, because all, obviously all of the chartering, especially if I'm doing it over in Europe or down south, um, you'll be paying in maybe euro or um, pounds, or it could be US dollars. And so I'm up in Canada. So I need to account for any kind of exchange rate discrepancy. Um, and then if there are any overages, what I do is I just put that into the boat kitty. So the boat kitty is basically what you use for your marina expenses. And we also use that for provisioning and provisioning top ups. So I do not include provisioning in my initial quotes. When I invite people to charter with me, I'll say, okay, the cabin's $2,000 and provisioning um, and boat, any boat expenses are above that. And then basically the way that it works out from there is I come up with a meal plan and I determine what kinds of meals we're going to have and potentially how many meals we will have off of the boat. Any meals off of the boat are our own personal responsibility. So if somebody decides that they want to eat off of the boat every single night, but I have uh, budgeted for us to have I don't know, six meals on board, they're still going to pay into those six meals. Uh, but if they go off the boat, they will pay for their own, their own dinner. 
that's the way that I do that. Um, but basically I create a meal plan. And then when we originally get our hands on the boat, uh, after I've gone through everything and made sure everything is adequate and, and uh, up to snuff and, and ready to be checked out, uh, we will then go and do our provisioning shopping. And I have a big shopping list that I that I have created. I actually have a downloadable list as well at salenelson.com. Uh, that you can look at as part of the Croatia uh, podcast series that I was doing. So, um, so that is extra. The, um, like I said, marina and fuel expenses will be extra. And then as well as the person's flight to get to and from wherever it is you're chartering, as well as any accommodations on either end of the charter. So those are all extra expenses that you will also have to consider depending on where you're going, how long you're staying, and if you're going to tack on any kind of um, trips or uh, events or tourist activities on either end of the charter. So I am going to wrap up this episode here and um, next episode, actually, we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit or maybe talk about things a little bit more, but specifically about uh, some of the qualifications or some of the things that you should uh, potentially think about when you are getting ready to charter and how do you better prepare or be prepared for your charter. So I'm going to give you some tips and tricks on all that stuff. And uh, yeah, hopefully have a great week. 